Alrighty, so we just finished wrapping up our final recap episode of The Rise of Kiyoshi, and we want to take some time and just talk about our general thoughts of the story of what it was like reading a book set in the Avatar universe and what we think will happen in Shadow of Kiyoshi. So, Kayla, I'll throw it over mm. to you. General thoughts about The Rise of Kiyoshi. It was good. It was really good, guys. Uh, but it was really cool to be able to see, like, really, like, exploring a different medium of accessing Avatar. Because we're used to watching, like, the TV shows. It's the first time I think either of us have read have read something from the Avatar universe. Yep. Um, so, you know, it really had a lot of potential. Like, it had a lot of potential with the book. Like, there's certain things that you can pull off in a book that you couldn't pull on a TV show. For instance, like, some of the deaths that happened. I mean, he, I mean, here's the thing. Like, someone was literally being beaten to death in one of the chapters, you know, one of the Daofei fights. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, Kiyoshi was describing that. And some of the some of the descriptions of how people died was kind of, uh, kind of gross. Uh, that would not be able to make it on television. Not saying that Cor- I mean, Korra did pull some pretty grotesque deaths, but not quite the same way Kiyoshi did. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Kiyoshi's was worse or anything, but certainly in a way that would uh, they'd have to definitely tone things down for a, a television thing because, you know, television's a lot more restricted, especially for children, than it is uh, with the book, you know. Yeah. Stuff. So, uh, so yeah, he definitely tapped into some pretty dark shit, uh, which I, I, I liked that. It was different. Um, and it was also interesting to hear like some more of like the stances, like hearing like the like the what is it? Uh the crowding bridge stance, for instance, that was used a few times, like hearing different names for the different, you know, bending moves, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to seeing it. Uh, that was really cool. And feeling what it's like, you know, to bend, as in like how they would describe like, how Kiyoshi described like how bending felt for her. You know, yeah. like you don't get to feel it. You can see it and you can see how cool it is. But like the book allows you to be really be in someone's head uh, and feel what that would be like to bend an element. So I like that. Yeah. Is that is that your final uh, thoughts? That's my final thoughts on the how like how the book was with uh, like I think I think it really fully used the potential of the book. Uh, characters were awesome. Uh, they were all interesting. Mm. Did I mean that I liked every single character? No, but they were all interesting to watch. I was never really bored with a particular character. Like I wanted, to, oh, I wanted to see less of this character. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that for any of them. And he managed to keep the same humor from the series. Uh, you know. Just as good to read about as it was to watch that kind of humor. And uh, I love the gay shit. I always love oh, the gay shit. <laughs> the gay shit. So excited to be more explicit with the gay shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I, yeah, I think that's that's my thoughts. It's good. You're all good. Rise of Kiyoshi, good. <laughs> well, I want to jump off of the diving board of the gay shit because I realized the other day, like, how uh, it, it kind of feels surreal, like, as someone who is queer who grew up with Avatar reading a book that is set in the Avatar universe with an explicitly queer relationship just hits different for me. Um, and I think I said a couple episodes ago how like Rongi and Kiyoshi's relationship feels like the relationship uh, like other straight people in the stories get. Like, it follows a lot of those familiar beats while also being its own thing. Like, they get to be just 
normal people. And I know normal is a loaded term when it comes to all of that, but it just it just felt like their love was natural and no one ever really questioned it. And it was just a thing that happened in the book. And exactly. I I don't know. I really, really love that. Like, remember when we all foamed at the mouth over, uh, you know, Korra and Asami holding hands, which I still go apeshit every single time I watch that scene. Like, I get immediately taken back to, you know, 2016 when I watched, like, two years after that episode aired, Mm -hmm. uh, watching that as a, you know, queer kid struggling to accept herself, you know, like, seeing an explicitly queer relationship between two women now as someone who is much more comfortable with who she is uh, and proud of who she is and just seeing seeing herself, you know, totally with this. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely hits different. Um, my general thoughts on the book. I mean, look, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I think in some ways it exceeded my expectations. Like I always knew that it was like going to be really good, but it was phenomenal. Um, I it also made me um more excited to just read more in general like i picked up another book that i've been wanting to read for a long time and i felt that it was easier to read and i think i owe that to reading rise of kiyoshi four chapters every week like um so on a personal level is it it's helped me get back into reading which i used to love but i just i've just lost the <clears throat> the ability to do um after a couple years in college but um same here yeah yeah i just started picking up uh ziggy star ziggy stardust and me uh that's what i'm reading right now so i i am in about 100 pages into song of achilles um which is a book do you have it oh my god i've been using it as my mic stand today really that's (laughs) wild i don't want to derail the conversation but have you read it not yet. It's uh, I'm reading Ziggy Ziggy Stardust and me right now, but I, uh, I, that'll be I, next. I got some gay books. Yes, I, I got, got that book books. because TikTok kept recommending the shit out of it. Um, I kept seeing it on Tumblr, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, you're on the you're on the Tumblr sphere. Um, yeah, I I'm really really loving it. It's beautifully written. Um, and I, I again, I feel like that. I it's easier to read because of, of being able to read Reza Kiyoshi every week. Um, so on a personal level, I feel like I've grown a little bit in that sense. But I I think we said several times while we were reading this that I think FCE uh, is tapping into a very specific frequency of the Avatar universe. And he can just completely fit into the mold of that universe while also bringing in new material, new thoughts, new ideas, new context to the things that we already know about Avatar and its universe. Um, Subtle world building. You know, we already technically know this universe, but this is a very different time in Avatar's history. This is what, like 300 years before 300 something years before um, Atla takes place. Am I some three, 400 years, I think. Yeah. Something like that. 400 years. uh, You know, so it's like a different world than what we've seen in both, you know, Atla and Korra. It's different, but it's still recognizable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I love all the, the different things that we learned about the avatar universe that we, we don't get in the shows. Um, I think just from a from a writing perspective, from a, a narrative perspective, 
it does a lot of things right. It does a lot of things competently. It it has the basic foundations of, of a good story and it it really, really all pays off in the end. Um I know I did say in our in our recap that the only thing that I was slightly iffy about was how um Yun took out Jinju. Um and not Kiyoshi. Yeah. And not Kiyoshi. That was the only thing that I kind of raised my eyebrow at. But I, I, you know, we'll we'll see how I feel about that going into Shadow. I mean, of that's the one thing out of a that, how yeah. many page book, like four hundred something page book, four hundred fifty something pages. Yeah, that's book. a that's, that's a good point. Bad. That's a good point. Like I, I honestly can honestly say, I didn't have a single other problem with this book. Um, I, I honestly, honest to God, I had I had no other problems with this book. Um, I also highly recommend it to fans of avatar who have not read it it isn't it is a very easy read and it just enriches your your experience with with avatar i feel like like i'm now excited to see kiyoshi in like the the flashbacks we get in avatar or when we see her spirit and and be able to to like know where that iconic look came from and how that started like i think that's really really cool it's just going to make watching the show even better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, oh, wait, never mind. I'm going to say this for the predictions part later. Okay. But okay. yeah, just, it's just, it's going to, I'm very excited to see what connections we can make with the show and what we saw in Rise of Kiyoshi, you know? What would you say and, is like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. That's it. I, I forgot. I was going to say, <laughs> okay. what would you say is like a standout moment from the book that you are, it just stood out to you? considering everything you've read what is the one part where you're just like fuck that's that's it um i think it's two moments so there's the part in the book which we just talked about in episode 27 about when she's saying this is her skin now it's kiyoshi fully stepping into her role as the avatar and her face you know her iconic makeup and everything loved 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 that but another scene that stood out to me was the uh scene when she comes back after uh jinju killed you killed kelsong and uh you know well didn't really kill young uh, you know what i mean the whole situation yeah, with young yeah, and yeah. uh kelsong um and like it's pouring rain and like she's like packing up her things and you know it's like the I was thinking of the synths from like Mulan with the scene when she's like mm-hmm. you know leaving and she's like decides to leave home. It's like the you know that song that also stood out to me, and of course like Rocky just being so stubborn and being and like you know refusing to let her go on her own. Mm-hmm. Like that was really sweet. Those are the things that stood out to me the most. Yeah, I love that. I think um, there are so many good moments in this book, so but. Many. Honestly, the thing that really stood out to me, the moment that really, really gra- gra- grabbed my attention with this book was the entirety of Chapter 7, the iceberg, the whole thing going down with Tagaka. It was the first moment in the book where we really got to see s- some really cool bending. It was a big moment for Kiyoshi and for the story. In, lo- in a lot of ways, it was the inciting inc- incident for the story. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I really, really was able to get the vibe of this book. Um, yeah. And yeah. Also not to mention, I think another standout moment is when Kiyoshi, um, 
fights Zooping on and you know kills him. Oh my god, I should have mentioned that. Full that avatar state. Oh yeah, that's that's really there's cool. There's just so many it's just there's so hard to choose from. There's so many damn good moments in the in this book. Yeah. Like ugh, so many. Yeah. Um I'm really sad that Lek died. <laughs> um did not yeah. see that coming at all. Also was kind of like to be honest, like, I don't know. I mean, I know things were moving kind of quickly and she had to, you know, get make sure Rongi was safe and, you know, face off a Jinju. But, like, actually, you know what? There's my other problem. There's, like, my only, like, I say problem that's very loosely here. Mm-hmm. Lex's death is kind of, like, okay, he's dead. And then, you know, you see, like, the you see the flying opera company grieve and you do see Lex's presence with the stone bullet. But, like, I, I mean, I know it's towards, like, there's only two chapters left of the book. But still, I don't know. I kind of wanted a little bit more. It happened with, very like, quickly. Yeah, it did happen very quickly. Yeah, I, I, when I was reading it, did I just it? I didn't pick that up, um, because I was, I think I was just too excited to see what happens next. But I mean, looking back, yeah. I think it did happen a little too quickly. Um, it, I don't, I don't really know. I think it's like it's, I think it's like some weird parallel between, um, Jinju killing yet another brother figure to Kiyoshi. Like it's okay. There's a lot of that. comparisons between Young and Yun and Lek made in this mm-hmm. book, um, and I think that uh, is kind of what was happening there. Um, yeah, I feel you a little bit on that. I feel you a little bit. Um, I also have Maybe to say it'll be processed more in shadow of Kiyoshi, you know? Right. And I also have to say, like, I was thinking about this a lot of how, like it, the book was really good. And, but I noticed that it didn't really follow like the classic, like Western three act structure. And I, I actually kind of like it because Eastern storytelling is, it does not follow that structure at all. Um, it tells its its story in very different ways, and I think that um, that is an influence on how the story was told because there are multiple climaxes, there are multiple inciting incidents. Like it's not just like a one and done hero's journey, um, and I think that's where some people might feel that difference. Maybe that's what I'm feeling with the whole Yun taking out Jinju thing. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. you're feeling with the Lek thing being very very rushed in Quick. a sense. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a valid criticism. And in some ways I agree. Um, but yeah. And then again, it's one pro it's like two, maybe like two mine, like minute problems in comparison to 400 something pages, 450 pages of amazingness that we just witnessed. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think at the end of the day, this was such a fabulous piece of writing um, that just completely, just fits within the canon of Avatar. Um, so well, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get into what we think is going to go down in Shadow of Kyoshi. Um, yes. Let's talk about Lek. I'm sorry, not Lek, Yun. Um, yeah. So we made some some predictions that he doesn't seem to be human at all. He, We think that whatever Avatar Kurik needs help with, I feel like Yun has something to do with it. Like, what do you think is happening with that? I mean, I don't think that too many humans have been in this, like, too many non-Avatar humans have been in the spirit world uh, at this point in time. Uh, obviously, that changes in Korra uh, and in Atla, because, you know, Sokka gets taken in the spirit world for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's kind of I think that's kind of a big thing there. And uh, plus, like I think I don't I mean, like, you know how unnatural Yun's existence is. I think that's going to throw off the balance of the world. And, you know. Yeah, that's that. That's that's probably why Kurok is talking to Kiyoshi. It's probably obviously I mean, for obvious reasons, Kiyoshi needs to go after him, but also, you know, balance reasons. Right. Um, that's a good point. Hmm. That's a very good point. Um, cause he's super unnatural. He's supernatural. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking if, if Yun is connected to the, the part where Kurik asked for Kiyoshi's help, I'm thinking what could he have done to like show up on the avatar's radar in a past life, no less like in the spirit world. I wonder if shadow Kiyoshi is going to be, more centered in the spirit world. Maybe we will see Kiyoshi go into the spirit world. Um, I, I'm shadow Kiyoshi. I think it's going to be darker. I mean, it's in the title shadow of Kiyoshi. Yeah. It seems to be, it seems to be a little darker than, than what went down here. Even though rise of Kiyoshi was already kind of dark. Um, yeah. yeah. But if shadows in the title, then, you know, <laughs> right. Um, I don't, I'm interested to see how the story is going to tackle the matter of Kiyoshi's training because while she is competent in the elements, she's not mastered them. And we know it's been, it was touched on about how Rangi was concerned that the way she's learning the elements, it might damage her connection to the avatar spirit or the avatar cycle. Um, and we, we've traditionally seen an element being mastered first and then going on to the next element. But Kiyoshi has taken a more generalized course and where she competently can bend all of the elements, but it has not mastered them yet. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing also just by what I know of Avatar, I feel like because the cover is red, we might be looking at some of the story taking place in the Fire Nation. I know that yeah. might seem like a weird thing. That's just the vibe I get. I mean, hey, the like cover's it's green. green. For Rise yeah. of Kiyoshi, and we spend the entire time in the Earth Kingdom, I feel like we're going to shake some things up in the Fire Nation. Uh, maybe get some also, cool new Fire Nation um, characters. Um, mm. Hopefully, she'll meet up with Rongi again soon. Um, I also think that, uh, well, I remember there was a fandom corner we had a couple uh, back in season one where someone did, left us a voice memo thing and talked about the Northern Water Tribe being like ridiculously sexist, like mm. Handmaid's Tale level. Mm -hmm. So I think Northern Water Tribe is going to come into play because Rongi's taking her mother there. Yeah, that's a good, yep, that's a good point. I feel like we could be, we could be going to several different locations in the next book. I mean, we, we did. I think it's in, also shorter. I think the Shadow of Kiyoshi is shorter. It's than slightly Rise shorter. I think it's only it's got slightly. like 29 or 30 chapters and Rise of Kiyoshi had 32. So it's slightly shorter, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Slightly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, go I'm also going to predict something wild is going to go on with Lauga. Um, I think he's going to show up in the, like, again, the most inconvenient time or maybe just show up randomly. I don't know. This guy is just a complete wild card to me. Um, even yep. by finishing Rise of Kyoshi, we still don't know what to really think of this man. Um, no, he's, I guess he's interesting. He's always interesting. Whenever he's on, whenever he's on the page, he's interesting. I can't want to say on screen because he's not really watching a TV show, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I I enjoyed reading this so much. It got me wondering, like, are there are there plans for more Kiyoshi books? And so far, I mean, I know I Shadow so. Kiyoshi recently just came out, so I haven't seen any um plans no, no, for for more books. 
Um, hopefully we'll get a nice set of four for each element. Um, but oh, yes, I don't know. I would I would definitely read those in a heartbeat. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also want to say I think something tells me I think the sh- that the uh, Kyoshi Warriors was somehow like the the like the foundations of the Kyoshi Warriors might come into play. And if they don't come into play, uh, hopefully there's another book. But like I would like to see the start of it a little bit. You know. Like the like the beginnings of yeah, it, you know. I don't know the likelihood of seeing something like that. I think I think they're very aware that that is the biggest connection that Kiyoshi has to Avatar: The Last Airbender. I think they want to go in the direction of explaining more things that we don't know about. Personally, I just have, I have a I have a I have a, I have a not like another like theory prediction thing. I think Rangi has a lot to do with what is going to have a lot to do with the Kiyoshi Warriors. You think so? I think so. Interesting. I mean, Rangi comes from a long line of teachers, and she did help Kiyoshi with her training quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think Rangi's gonna have something to do with the Kiyoshi warriors, personally. Interesting. I think so, we'll see. I, don't know. I think we'll see some sort of precursor to the Kiyoshi warriors. Yeah, that's definitely. what I mean. Like that's what's what I want to see. So I want to see some semblance of like something where I can point out Kiyoshi warriors. You know, right? Like you right. know how like how he done with the White Lotus. You know, and you pointed out. Like three chapters, uh, three episodes ago, or something, how Lauga could be a precursor for the Red Lotus because he's very much about taking out world leaders and and really being against that. So that's really interesting too. I don't know if we'll mm-hmm. we'll get much of that, but um, honestly, anything could happen at this point. Um, anything goes. The biggest <laughs> things that we're we're going to be looking for is what's going on with Yun and Karak. Uh huh. Kirk and, as well, and Kirk. like what's yeah what's going on with that um yeah i don't know overall 10 out of 10 would recommend Fantastic book. oh my god i remember i texted my brother as soon as i was done and just be like would you like me to mail it to you i want you to read it i want more people to read he this should read like, it. I, have other, I have other books to read you have other books to read and i have to do schoolwork i'm like i have schoolwork too i read it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just glad to say that I, I yeah, I can, I'm I so can glad say that I read, I, I read this book. Um, I'm so glad we read this. And I'm so glad we read it as soon as we did. You know, I'm like, I think it's just going to make our Atla viewing experience just that much more enjoyable. Yeah, I do too. Um, thankfully, we won't have to wait too long for Shadow of Kiyoshi. Um, I think we're currently scheduled to start that in July of this year. Um that's going to be opening up season three of Avatar after uh, Avatar Hour the same way Rise of Kyoshi opened up season two, um, but yeah, we're still thinking about the best way to, um, you know how how we're going to navigate the in. comic books and stuff like that. But it, if anything, reading this book has made me more excited to read the comic books and see all right, what Different else mediums. can we learn about this universe? Like this is the thing is like this cool universe, universe is so so rich and and the sandbox is just like it's it's huge like you could do anything with it um and i mean again shout out to break for crafting such this such an intricate and interesting world um and shout out to fce for you know continuing it and like adding more to this world that we already know and love so well like we're learning new things about this world we learned new things about this world with every single chapter we read it was phenomenal yeah definitely and I'm interested to see going forward if um, FCE like sort of retroactively referenced things that are referenced in Avatar: The Last Airbender. If that makes sense, like I wonder if we're going to mm-hmm. be watching 
uh, Atla or Korra and something they say something offhand and we're like, oh, wait, that actually happened in Rise of Kyoshi or, or something like that. Um, the same way like lightning bending was kind of referenced in this book as well. Um, I'm yeah, I'm also interested to see where that goes in Shadow Kyoshi, especially if my prediction is correct and we do go to the Fire Nation. What role is that going to play? Will Kyoshi learn to lightning bend? Oh, no. Um, I think I think as far as we know, Aang was the only one to learn how to. I mean, he learned how to redirect it. it. Apparently, this is something I I did not know. Um, and I I would I think I was I learned this looking for things for Phantom Corner, but just because you can redirect lightning does not mean you can generate it, and vice versa. I did not know this. I thought hmm. that that was just the same technique. But if you notice, like, I know we're getting a little off topic, but Azula never I... redirects lightning. She only generates it. Mm. And Zuko, as far as we see in the show, redirects lightning but doesn't generate it. So that's interesting to think about. I, I want to learn more about lightning bending. It just seems like such a cool sub uh, genre of subgenre. No. Sub subcategory? Subca- yeah, subca- subcategory of bending. Um, I want I want to know more stuff like that. Like obviously we got the introduction of dust stepping, um, in this book, and I, there was a water bending version of it, but that's really cool. Like, I also wonder how the Dalfei is gonna play into Shadow Kiyoshi. I don't know if they were kind of disbanded, um, after they lost, or, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how that's gonna go. Well, we have a little while until we get to that point, but, you know, we'll have to revisit this episode uh, and at the end of, you know, Shadow of Kiyoshi, we should actually probably keep track of all of our predictions and revisit this when we see Shadow of Kiyoshi, when we do Shadow of Kiyoshi. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, cool. We got to have our Azula bell counter ready for season two because that's what we got next. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I'm so glad you reminded me of that. I have to figure out how to do that. But yes. Get the sound bite. Get the sound bite. Play it. And, you know, we'll, we'll do like a tally. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that that's going to that's gonna have to be another thing that we do to prepare for the show. <laughs> but we do it out of love for Avatar. Um, all right. So, yeah. That we just wanted to do... Um, uh, sort of a half episode just talking about our final thoughts about Rise of Kiyoshi. I mean, needless to say, we both loved it. What did you think to the, our listeners out there? What did you think of the book? Uh, you know, post, you know, tag us, you know, on social media uh, at Avatar Hour on Twitter, the Avatar Hour podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, DM us. You know, we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know? I want to know if anyone was reading along with us. Like, what was, was that experience say. like? Um, what was your what reaction was like? when you finished reading it, whenever it came out? Um, yeah, I want to hear. And it, and if you read it before, and if you read both the books before us, I mean, no spoilers, but like, was it funny watching us try to predict what was going to happen next and then have us fall flat on our asses, you know, yeah. in some cases? That's what I really <laughs> want to know. That's what I really want to know. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to get on out of here. Um our next episode, we will, again, be returning to uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. We're going to start with Season 2, which I believe is the Avatar State episode and the Cave of Two Lovers. So that's going to be, again, Secret two tunnel. iconic episodes. A great Secret start. Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that was really fun. I'm very, again, very glad that we took the time to read this book and looking forward to what happens next. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get on out of here. Hope everyone stays safe, and we will Stay see warm. you next time for 
a new episode of Avatar Hour. My name is Andre. And I'm Kayla. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.